said, Elizabeth was supposed to speak this morning, really where my heart is about us really getting free with some of the things that we're walking around with and don't even realize that we have. Um, If I can just speak to you from my heart, I'm going to get into my sermon, but if I can just speak to you from my heart, as a church or as a people, we struggle so badly and can't figure out why we can't kind of get over the hump. Um, I believe that we can even be in the word and be pursuing God and be in church, but if we don't ever get these, these underlying factors in our heart that have really hurt us, if we can't get those exposed and um, allow the Lord to bring healing to those, we walk around with these wounds and don't even realize that they're there and they're affecting everything that we do. These are traumas, these are just situations that maybe happened in your childhood, The education system has labeled these as for children called ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, and how much they affect these children and their behavior. And Elizabeth has done all this study that has shown the brain growth at a certain age of children that if they have these things that happen in their life, literally their brain doesn't get to fully develop. And there is no fixing it. Once they miss that window of that brain development, it can't go back and redevelop. It's, it's over. With that said, I believe that God can, can heal anything. That God can recover and restore and give breakthrough to anything. And I, I really appreciate y'all's encouragement saying amen, but there's so many that say amen, but then never step into that recovery in your own life. We, we can believe these big things, but we never allow this truth to happen. And really, it is a process of, of identifying a lie or identifying a, a hurt that needs to be replaced um, with, with God and his presence and his word and his restoring power. The restoring power of the cross that he, is, that he has given us. It says in scripture that through the cross, Christ has given us all authority it says that the same power that, was, that, got, that raised Christ from the dead is in us. And there is real, church, hear me, please, because I'm kind of bumbling. Uh, Brandon used the word bumble. I'm kind of stumbling around a little bit this morning um, trying to get this message out. But there is real hurt in you that you just cannot white knuckle and just, over, just overlook. People have told you your whole life, just get over it. Just move on. And, and you can't. Well, I want you to know that there is a way and medication won't do it. There is a way and that way is through the power of Jesus Christ. It does not remove your past. It does not cause you to forget everything that's ever happened. That's gonna, that past is always gonna be a part of you, but it's a part of your overcoming what you've gone through. God, it, we are more than conquerors. Listen to me now, there is real breakthrough for you in Christ. And I will just tell you that as a pastor at this moment, that's where I am, is to not sit here and give great messages and just do all this church stuff, but to get free, to get healthy, to recover, to fully recover and get equipped to get out here and do the things that God's called us to do. I just encourage you, get on board. John chapter 10, verse nine. I am the door. As, I wa- as we walk into this thing, and you don't have to wait for Elizabeth's message, and you don't have to wait for that perfect moment to be able to get the identification. If you will start praying, God, have I got some of this stuff in my heart? He'll show you. 
it's the most amazing thing that you'll just be walking down the road and you'll run into a buddy and they'll just ask you that question that makes you think of that thing. And you, 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 it comes from out of nowhere. No, it doesn't. It comes from the Holy Spirit trying to say, here it is, let me draw this out of you. I want to get this. I want you to be free of this. Don't raise your hand, but how many here would say that you're walking around with stuff that you can't get free of? Be honest with yourself. Maybe it's in marriage, maybe it's in a relationship, maybe it's in childhood, maybe it's with your boss, maybe it's whatever. Addictions, there, there are so many things that want to get you. If that's you, I want you to hear me. Jesus can set you free today, even though we're not going to talk about that message today. Jesus can set you free today and begin that restoring process. And I want to tell you, he says, I am the door. Everyone who comes in through me will be saved. Jesus is that door. We've been looking at these prisons that we are in uh, in life because I want you to know, as a, uh, I think that this scripture does apply to salvation, but I want you to know that I believe that people in the church are prisoners. You are in prison. We've been identifying some of the prisons that we live in. Last week, we talked about the prison from pretending. The prison of pretending. Last week from uh, the Psalms in the message translation, it says that the fear of human opinion disables. The fear of human opinion disables, but if you trust in the Lord, it protects you from that. But trust in the Lord protects you from that. I think if you really allowed yourself to um, let the Holy Spirit speak to you, this fear of human opinion, I think that we all are in some way chained up in this, trying to please people, trying to be friends with people, trying to work our way into the blessing that we think that God has for us by trying to please man. And Scripture tells us that this man-pleasing fear, this man-pleasing chain um, disables you. Literally, you, are, you have a disability. Today is the prison. Can we get to it? From Liz, let me just let you do it. From unforgiveness. The prison of unforgiveness. This is so deep and so important. And don't 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 think this doesn't apply to you. It applies to me. It applies to you. You need forgiveness in your life. You need to ask for it. You need to offer it. Listen to me, church. You need to accept it. You need to give it to others. Because when I hurt other people and I feel guilty, I need to ask for forgiveness. When other people hurt me and I get resentful, I need to offer forgiveness. If you don't, forgiveness, unforgiveness will become a prison that will keep you stuck. And you can't go through the other doors of life because that God wants you to go through. Just to give you a little quick summary of what happens with unforgiveness is God doesn't hear your prayers. It hinders prayer. Go research it. It's in the word. Unforgiveness hinders prayer. And it also says, and I'm going to show you this later, that if you don't forgive, God won't forgive. I don't know about you, but I need God's forgiveness. Way worse than I think I do. I think I need it, but I don't think my mind can fathom how much I need God's forgiveness. 
What happens when we hold unforgiveness? You know what happens? You stuff your anger and it, it becomes bitterness. Do you know that when you, when you get angry and when you get hurt, it's not bitter right away. It's not bitterness. It's not a root of bitterness in you right away. That takes time. You gotta press that down. You gotta talk about it. You gotta build your case for that anger. And all of a sudden it becomes bitterness and resentment. And then what happens is it becomes unforgiveness. And you know what? Resentment hardens your heart. I can tell you still today in places of my life, I have a hard heart. You bring up one topic and I will shut down, I will shut off, and I will leave the conversation. You guys ever get group texts? I hate them. And I'm thankful that now you can mute the conversation without leaving the conversation. Because when you leave the conversation, everybody knows. But I can mute the conversation. Thank you, Jesus. I can mute that one. Because nothing's worse than a group conversation that becomes two people talking together about stuff that has nothing to do with what the group was talking about. But I get this, I start flicking through all the pages of what they're saying and I'm like, for the love of God, please. (laughs) You two go text each other. But I can leave the conversation. That's what happens when I have a hard heart. I leave. I break relationship. And I can justify, I can justify my hard heart. You want to go toe-to-toe with me on my hard heart? I may not win, but I won't continue. I may be an idiot about what I'm saying, but I will shut off and I will exit the conversation. That's what bitterness and unforgiveness does. My hurt will become anger. And my anger will freeze hard into resentment. And then I feel unforgiven. And then I am unforgiving. If you hang on to bitterness, you eventually stop caring about anyone else. And you have no idea what God wants to do in your life. You're sitting there right now thinking, what I've got right now, is this the rest of my life? It's nothing compared to what God wants to do. The doors, church, the doors of opportunity are there. I think I said this on Wednesday night. I don't remember who I said this to, but Yogi Berra once said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Y'all will get that later. Walk out of the prison of unforgiveness. The person you're holding on to that you just can't stand to let go, they hurt you really bad and you think about them and you have a grudge inside and they come to your mind all the time. Church, you gotta let it go. That's how you get out of prison. They say, you say, They don't deserve to be forgiven. Who said anything about deserving? It's not even a part of the conversation. Listen to me. You don't deserve to be forgiven. You don't. Deserving has nothing to do with it. I don't deserve to be forgiven. I don't deserve for God to forgive me but he's done it. Forgiveness is not about deserving. You know why I forgive? Because I want to get on with my life. Not because they deserve it. Let me me give you three reasons. Three reasons for forgiveness. 
Number one. Because God has forgiven me. Because God has forgiven me. God has already forgiven me, so I need to forgive other people. You will never have to forgive anybody else more than God has already forgiven you. Did you hear that? God's not asking you to do anything more than what he's already done for you. He's wanting what he's done in you for you to do in other people. That's part of following Christ. What did Christ do? Do that. As a follower of Christ, I study him, I learn about him, I'm taught by his spirit, I'm taught by his people, and then I try to follow in what he did. What did he do? He forgave. Hanging on the cross, hanging on the cross, he spoke out of his own mouth, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I think, I think spiritually, I think eternally, they didn't know what they were doing. But I think fleshly and worldly, they knew what they were doing. They were killing a man. They knew what they were doing. But I think ultimately, eternally, they didn't know what they were doing. That's what God's after, is after your eternal soul. He's after the heart of your life. It says in Romans chapter 8, First of all, I just want to, want to tell you that what Christ, because he forgave you, what he did on the cross, all your sins are forgiven. Talk about deserving. You didn't deserve that. All your sins are forgiven. We talked about this at Easter. When you come to Christ, all your sins are forgiven. Not only are they forgiven, but they're wiped out. The account's closed. God has no record of your sin in heaven if you've accepted Christ. There's no condemnation. Romans 8 chapter 1 verse uh, 2, 8 chapter 8, Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, there is now no condemnation awaiting those who belong to Christ for the power of the spirit and the power is mine through Christ Jesus has freed me from the vicious circle of sin and death. Can we talk about a cycle? It's what happens when you let unforgiveness get in. You get on this crazy cycle. If you guys remember from years ago, we did love and respect and it talks about the crazy cycle. And you allow anger in and anger gets pushed down into resentment and bitterness and then all of a sudden it becomes unforgiveness and then all of a sudden everything bothers you. The little things that you would have normally gotten over gets kind of forced into that little tunnel, gets pumped down and that just gets added to it. Then the next one comes and the next one comes and you wonder, why is everybody Satan? Your whole filter is everybody's messed up. No, no, no. What's wrong is you're messed up. They didn't change. They didn't change. Have you ever been bitter and unforgiving in the church? Because all of a sudden, everything's broken in the church. But once you get free of it, you recognize nothing changed. You changed. You see differently. People aren't trying to hurt you. Now, you've got some things that are legit that you've really been hurt, hurt through, and you really do need to get free of that. You really do need to allow the Lord to speak to you. But the problem is, I, I let one little bit of bitterness and unforgiveness get in, all of a sudden, everything bothers me. 
I'm broken. When you forgive other people in your life, what happens? You get in this vicious circle, this cycle. I make a mistake and I fail and I feel bad. Then I try again and I fail and I feel bad again. And I try again and I fail and I feel bad again. And I'm just on this cycle. And it's not gonna break until I let that person go. Why? Because God has forgiven me. Number two, why forgive? Because resentment and unforgiveness makes me miserable. You know what? Unforgiveness doesn't hurt the other person. It hurts me. Makes me miserable. Listen to this analogy that I've heard once said. Resentment or unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping it kills the other person. Think about that. That's unforgiveness. You're the one holding it, but hoping all hell shows up at the other person's house. You drinking poison and hoping it kills the other person. Looking at it from that perspective, it's ridiculous, isn't it? You're the one that's going to... You're the one that's going to go nuts. You're the one that can't get, go to over it. You're the one that goes to bed thinking about it and wakes up thinking about it. My whole approach to unforgiveness is completely selfish. Can I say it this way? I hope this doesn't shake anybody. I hope this is good. God, let me please protect me from my own mouth in Jesus' name. You're not worth my life falling apart. You're not worth me being tortured over. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to place less worth on you. I'm trying to get myself free. It's not worth it to me. For what you did to me to affect the rest of my life. If I really want to be free, I have to set you free. Church, do you really want to be free? Or would you rather live a miserable life? You choose. And I'm telling you, I know some of the stuff you've gone through is horrible. Christ knows. I believe that if you will, if you will just speak it out of your mouth in faith today... I believe that you will begin to experience the compassion of the Lord. He will feel with you. He will sorrow with you. He will be there for you and help you get through what it is you've been through. And he will take what's miserable and fill you with joy. It sounds too good to be true. He will fill that miserable life, that part of your life, and fill you with joy and peace. Resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness hurts you more than the other person. I will tell you, the person you're holding the unforgiveness is not thinking about you at all right now. Some people today are holding bitterness and unforgiveness against people that are not even alive anymore. 
You laugh. I'm telling you. They have gone to their grave and you have held on to them this whole time. What good is that doing you? There is power. I don't want to go into the song. There is power in the name of Jesus. And there is power in the word of Jesus. I just want to pause for just a second. There is power in the word of Jesus. And he is watching over his word, waiting to perform it. So whether you feel like it or not, it really doesn't play in. Your feelings really are not a part of obeying God's word. If you're waiting for the feeling, you're not going to get it. If you're waiting for the feeling to forget somebody, you're not going to get it. Just accept the fact, I'm not going to get the feeling to forgive. I just need to do it out of obedience to the Lord and believe that he can restore my heart. So out of obedience, I don't even want to, God, but I'm going to say it. I forgive Carl. I didn't feel it, God. Didn't want to. But I trust you. And I forgive. And I ask you, Lord, to heal that part of my heart. And I'm not going to wait for an emotion. I'm just going to follow you obediently. Because your word tells me that you will set me free. And I want to be free. I want to encourage you right now today, what are you waiting for? There is a door for your, for your freedom to walk through today. Now, I can't tell you that it's going to be sunshine and rainbows from the moment you say it, but I can tell you that you will start walking into the direction of freedom. There's some people that have hurt me. There's some people that have hurt you that there is nothing in me that makes me want to forgive them. God says, that's the one I'm talking about. Y'all know what that means? Y'all are... Hit it on the nose. If you're ever playing charades, that one, that's it. I know that you're sitting there today saying, I know the one, but I'm not letting go of that one. That's the one. In faith, God, I can't, I can't hardly believe it. I can't hardly even believe for it. That's why the church is here. Let me tell you what I've gotten over. Let me tell you about my family experience. Let me tell you about my marriage experience. Let me tell you about my work experience. Let me tell you about my addiction. Let me tell you about what I've overcome. And it wasn't a feeling. I didn't ever get a feeling. I didn't get up this morning and think, oh, I want to forgive Carl. Yeah, praise God. Let's go forgive Carl. (laughs) If y'all can know, I love Carl. I don't have unforgiveness toward Carl. I'm just using Carl. Carl's a deacon and he loves me and he can take, he can, I think he can take it but I don't wake up, oh, Lord God, I just can't wait. Let me forgive Carl today. Listen, this is freedom. If you really want freedom, and we prayed this morning, I feel the chains falling because you're gonna follow obediently the Lord today in forgiveness. I want you to know they will fall off of you today. Now, when the chains fell off of Paul in the prison and the doors flew open, he wasn't out of prison. What had to happen? He had to walk out. 
And it was dark. The jailers got freaked out. What's going on? Paul's like, chill, we're good. Yeah, that just happened. And I'm walking out of here. You're in the church today bound up with with unforgiveness. You're going to walk out of here free if you will follow the Lord. Finally, uh, let, me, let me show you one scripture real quick before I go to that one. Job chapter 21, verse 23. I'm, I'm going to end in five minutes, I promise. Five minutes, 11.51. Some people stay healthy till the day they die. They die happy and at ease. Their body's well nourished. Others have no happiness at all. They live and die with bitter hearts. Scripture says, I place before you life and death, choose. It's your choice. I can't make you do it. It's not not my calling. Christ, our Savior, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, will not make you do it. It's your choice. Choose life. Finally, third reason. Why do I need to forgive? Because I'm gonna need more forgiveness in the future. I want to say I don't know about you, but I do know about you. We're going to still stumble and fall before we die. I don't care how great you think you are. You're not Christ. That may be revelation for everybody. Somebody. I'm not. No. You got Christ in you, but you're still there too. (laughs) I'm going to still make some more mistakes. And it says in Matthew 6, 15, if I, forget, if I refuse to forgive others, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. It's pretty clear. Before I can go through the big doors that God has, I've got to come out of the prison that I'm in. The doors have flown open wide. It's time for you to accept and believe and trust and start walking. Your journey is not just five steps. It's not just one morning. It is your life. And part of walking out of these prisons is gonna, be, is gonna take some time. That's why we're here as a church. That what, that's what we're trying to do and kind of the foundation of our church right now is learning how to help people walk out of these prisons while we walk out of our own prisons. We're kind of walking out of our own prisons and learning how to help people walk out of their prisons. That's what this whole disciples making disciples is, is us learning what prisons we're in, how to walk out of them, then how to help people walk out of them with us. We all stand up with me. I wanna lead you in a prayer of forgiveness. And this is your call. This is, you, can, you can mouth it with your words, but your heart not be in it. Scripture says, you know, what you're saying sounds good, but your heart's not with me. I want to encourage you, don't play games. Get real. If you really want to be free, if you're really fed up and tired of what you're going through, get real. I'm not going to just lead a prayer to where you all repeat after me. Just pray your own prayer as I pray. You're going to need to attach some names to these things. My first part of the prayer is just to acknowledge the Lord in my life. And then to offer up any place of darkness that I may have hidden. But also to help me with those things that I know aren't hidden. And to lay them out and to let the Lord have them. 
if you would just be willing, just pray with me just for a second. Father God, we just, I just acknowledge that you are the Lord of my life, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I acknowledge that you died on the cross for my sins, that you bled and you were beaten for me and for my breakthrough. God, I, I believe and I acknowledge that you arose from the dead, that death could not hold you, that you broke every power of fear and that, that Satan could ever have over me. And that God, as you left this earth, that you sent your Holy Spirit for me to empower me, to give me your spirit to overcome these things that I can't overcome on my own. Father God, I believe that your spirit is in me. I have asked for your spirit. I am in your word. God, I believe that I am a child of God. And with being a child of God, comes the inheritance of the king. And that inheritance is freedom. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not in bondage to anything unless I choose. Today I choose to be free. Father God, I ask you to just to begin to search deep into my heart and into the darkness of my soul and uncover the things that need to be recovered. Uncover the things that I've hidden by choice or not by choice, subliminally or to my knowledge. And God, it's a mess. Help me to not be a basket case as you clean me up. But I just, I just ask you just to search. I think it's Psalm 139 that just says, search me, O God. Search me, Lord. But Lord, for those things that I know I'm holding and I just won't let go, God, help release my hand. We get our hands so tight shut that we won't let anyone in. God, release that. And right now in Jesus' name, I forgive. Place a name to it. I forgive. God, it doesn't make what they did to me wrong. It doesn't make what they did to me right. And it doesn't make it okay for them to ever do it again. But I forgive. I forgive. Help me, God, to let that go. And I ask for the, the restoration process of healing over that situation to start now. That I choose to walk out of that prison of unforgiveness. Father God, help me to walk out of that prison. Help put the right people around me. By your spirit, help me walk out. And God, I just ask one more thing. Help me not pick it back up. But if I do, make it known to me and help me to release it again. Scripture says, how many times do I forgive this person? Seven times? No, 70 times seven. More than you could ever think. You just keep doing it because that is not worth it for you to be in prison. I've had to forgive somebody over and over and over and over until it's finally gone. It didn't take God that many times. It took me that many times. I have a tendency, as it says, a dog will wander back to its own vomit. If you've ever seen a dog eat its own vomit, that's literally what we've done. You may be here today and you may have never asked Christ to be your Savior. Right where you said, I want you to know, you, you getting over unforgiveness, you can't do it without Jesus Christ. 
you need the Lord. He is leading you to him right now. Ask right now that his spirit would just come into you, that you open the door to him to come in. He says, I stand at the door and knock, and anyone who will open that door, I will come in. Would you receive Christ today? You believers today, open that door back up. Let that unforgiveness out. It has nothing to do with the deserves. It has nothing to do with your emotions. It has nothing to do with exactly what it is. It has to do with your obedience to the Lord. I forgive. Bring restoration. God, I just pray for a great weekend. Everybody be safe. God, I pray for new jobs. I pray for blessed finances. I pray for breakthrough in marriages and relationships. God, these things that we're walking in here that are broken, God, restore them or move us. Restore them or move us. But God, help us to love. Help us to be different. Help us to buy into your word and your spirit. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. God bless you. Literally walk into freedom as you walk out. We've got snacks out, outside. Let's please, right out the door, let's please get together and have some fellowship. God bless you.